Chris, Geoff, Lawrence, all the boys from down at the Strong Style Story. Here's a big old motherfucking thank you for signing up. Thank you for being number one hoots. And I don't know what the fuck other bullshit you want me to say to promote your shit, but I love your motherfucking shit. And that is a shoot hoot. Episode 66 of the Strong Style Sorry Podcast here on the PWOM Podcasting Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. And with me today, of course, who else? Chris Damasano. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, doing good. Once again, Chris Damasano here. You can find me at Brazilian Fury on both Twitter and Instagram land since we're getting quick plugs out of the way early on because... We've got a lot to talk about. It's been a while. Life has gotten in the way of us oh, trying God. to record this episode <laughs> and a half. And I think yeah. the less we get into details with that, the better you can follow our personal Twitters that, that we have in the Strong Style Story Twitter for some more details on that if you go into the backlogs long enough. But it's been a little while. Yeah. We're well, back. And, well, We've and got I, a lot of things to cover. And, and I already talked about it on uh, Boom Goes the Dynamite last night, too. So There's you know, also but... that, which is live on the PWOM network of, you know, great podcasts that you can check out. So there you go. Um, we are going to, of course, start off as we usually do when when these things happen. Uh, we get to report another uh, death in the New Japan Pro Wrestling family. Uh, this was actually, uh, what, what was the date on this? This was actually the end of July. So, oh, damn, almost a month ago. But it's been a while since we've recorded. So, you know, that that's why we're uh we're so behind here. Uh but um yeah, uh Mark Rollerball Rocco uh passed away, the 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 British wrestler. Of course, he was the the first Black Tiger in New Japan mm-hmm. pro wrestling. And yes, uh yeah, he he passed away um the age of 69 back on July the 30th after a long battle of uh dementia and you know the the you know, failing health that goes along with that. But, uh, yeah, he was, you know, mostly known for, you know, his extensive tenure in British wrestling. But, um, yeah, of course, you know, as far as uh, we are concerned, uh, we know him best as the original Black Tiger, you know, feuding with uh, the original Tiger Mask, uh, Satoru Sayama. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, and they had some great matches. So let's, uh, you know, not, uh, let's not mince mm-hmm. words here. Yeah, definitely that he has had his own fair share of history with another NJPW alumnus in Dynamite Kid as well, too, to consider okay. over the course of his time in Britain well, there. And Keiji Yamada before, you know, mm-hmm. before yep. and after he became Jushin Liger. Yes, definitely so. Mm-hmm. You know, both, both in New Japan and in England for that matter. 
Yeah, it's just one of those circumstances where, again, given the age and given the health problems, it's still way too soon to pass on and just our thoughts are with him and his family as well on the spectrum of things as they were when we first heard of that happening, unfortunately. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty sad. So, as we, uh, as we mentioned, um, yeah, it's been a while since we recorded. We uh, haven't really talked since uh, before the Sengoku Lord in Nagoya show on the 25th of July. Um, I thought that the, the show, for the most part, was kind of a blast show. The last two matches were fantastic. Mm-hmm. It definitely was kind of, as you mentioned, one of those in-between shows that have the one or two big matches to justify getting the crowd in or as much of a crowd as they can fit during COVID-19 era, but that everything else very much felt like a road to show uh, leading up to this. So you had a bunch of inner tags where they set up little things here and there, Master Watto's quest to try and beat up all of Suzuki Gun and all Suzuki Gun deciding to beat him up right back continue to happen there. You have some more tension built up between, you know, Golden Aces as well as the Dangerous Techers for what we'll cover more and more as we go into the Summer Struggle Tour. But yeah, the two big matches here being Shingo Takagi making a defense of the Never Openweight Championship against El Desperado, which was a phenomenal bout. Yeah, uh, that, that, for- that was a banger. Yeah, for a long time, we've been talking left, right, and center about how underrated El Desperado is, and just, I'm glad to see him get a semi-main spot like this, just to show off how good he is. And Shingo's just the perfect uh, never-open-weight champion for this current era, as is, and I hope that the Tatagi, excuse me, the Takagi doctrine continues to spread throughout the world for many more months to come. Yeah, well, remember, he, he was, you know, as we like to remind people, he was our pick for wrestler of the year last year yep very much so and this main event just i know people were mixed emotions on you know how the match went and things like that but just it invoked all of the emotions that you needed to with this with evil making the defense of both the iwgp heavyweight and intercontinental championships against uh los ingobernables de japon's very own hiromu takahashi now the 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 junior heavyweight champion still the reigning junior heavyweight champion indeed and just they hit a lot of the emotional notes in this match with hiromu just the false finishes in it when hiromu hit time bomb too I thought that was it. I thought they were actually doing it, and then Togo pulls the referee out of the way, and you're just like, God damn it. Yeah, of <laughs> like, course. I, it's I, a bullet club I've match, so of course, you know. It is. And eventually it's explained that Hiromu told nobody on LIJ side to interfere a night later as they went into the summer struggle tour portion of things. So it explains why there was no counter interference, which led to Evil eventually picking up the win and his first defense. But then led to a very, you know, not tranquilo Tetsuya Naito charging the ring and saying, your rental time with the belts is over. And just challenging him on the spot for a rematch, which it's going to happen. We're just going to talk to you as to when as we cover Summer Struggle. Yeah, well, because well, they announced when it would happen at this show, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that uh, in, in a little bit. Um yeah, and it was a, a good match. Of course, it was going to end in a fuck finish. Um, 
I, I will point out, of course, that most first-time IWGP heavyweight champions, you know, their first reigns are not usually all that. And we, we, we have miles of history to go with that. You know, be it, you know, Tetsuya Naido, um, Jay White, even. Um, AJ Styles, you know, I don't... He held it for a little bit, but I don't think it was all that. I think he had, what, yeah. two defenses, maybe? Yeah, I think so. And that was mostly when it happened to, I believe it was around the time that a G1 was happening. So there oh, wasn't much true, room too. for... Yeah defenses on top of that as well and okada kind of got that back immediately after the g1 portion was done and over with so well, no 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 he didn't tanahashi wait, beat him tanahashi excuse me yes thank tanahashi you tanahashi beat him for it going into wrestle kingdom it was at, i had uh, it the op- at, I had, at king of I had, pro wrestling yeah i had it the opposite way around i thought he'd taken it off tanahashi for a second and okada took it but no you're right just the reverse yeah. of that um yeah so you know, it, 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 and l- lest we forget, Masahiro Chono held it for 25 days and had to vacate it and never held yeah. it again. Yep, that's right. Again, first-time cases, more often than not, it's not a very long thing. And from the looks of it, we're basically paraphrasing Tetsuya Naito's first uh, reign as IWGP Heavyweight Champion, where him, as the leader of a faction, you know, had his faction interfere against the champion, had a mystery debutant in a mask provide the key bit of interference to help him win the title. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really is kind of a mirror of, of those heady days of 2016, isn't it? Yeah, but, mm, uh, very much so. Sorry about my dogs are opining on I guess they're, they're secretly Bullet Club fans. Who knew? Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so, you know, with that in mind, uh, we go into the Summer Struggle Tour, and the, it, it seemed like that originally, if you recall, the Summer Struggle Tour only had, like, three dates announced, or two or three dates announced, and then they advertised a whole slew of them. In, yeah, about including, four dates were announced initially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, including including the, 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 the capstone of this, which is coming up next th- this coming Saturday, the 29th. It's an outdoor show at uh, Tokyo Meiji Jingo Stadium in uh, in uh, oh god, where is it again? It's in. It is within uh, the course of Shinjuku. It's, it's within Shinjuku. Shinjuku. That's right. I couldn't remember if it was in. It, it, yeah, I was thinking it was. Uh, I remember if it was Shinjuku or something else, but yeah, it was Shinjuku. But, yeah. uh, this is the home stadium of. The Tokyo, the Tokyo Yakult Swallows. Swallows. And also had was the the location of uh, a match that we have covered in the past. Mm-hmm. It uh, was. This was uh, because they they ran this stadium. Uh, it, it's almost 20. It's almost 21 years to the day um, on August the 28th, 1999 for uh, NJPW Jingu Climax Battle of Last Summer. Um, the main event of which is one of my all-time not-quite-guilty-pleasure matches, because I, I do not feel guilty for liking this match whatsoever. You shouldn't. And it, it was the no-rope explosive barbed wire barricade explosive landmine double-hell death match 
between Great Muda and Atsushi Onida as the Great Nita. We covered this on episode eight of Strong Solid History way back when. Yeah. Uh, when we when we it's... covered uh, Atsu when we had uh, Bahu FMW, you know, Brett uh, mm -hmm. on to discuss uh, Onida in New Japan. Yes, and not to mention the fact as well that there was a certain someone within the company over the next couple of weeks during the Summer Struggle Tour who remembers that match quite vividly. It wanted something like that, and uh, one Shingo Takagi, the current Never Openweight Champion, which we'll talk more about him as this tour goes because he's getting something somewhat close to that. Oh, you're somewhat. kidding. Oh, no shit. No, I mean, not, not the specific match, no, but I mean in terms of a person or thing that okay I, I think i know where you're going with this but... yeah <laughs> but yeah uh so yeah th th so this is the capstone of this tour um now I, I i i'm pretty sure that this tour was what was supposed to be going on during the uh uh you know during the olympics yes it would have been opposed... what would have been going on during the olympics g1 portion of things yes of course yesterday was what was supposed to have been the show at madison square garden yes very much that so for and... some that for some reason the the english new japan website still has not taken the banner down for it i figures because they're probably going to be relabeling it and reusing it for whatever they announced the date for 2021 on it so they just decided and eh, we won't get rid of it just yet yeah. although on an extra note with that, if you check out, I believe it was the Nerds clothing line that's been doing a lot of collabs with New Japan, AEW, and a couple of others recently in terms of track jackets and things of the sort, yeah. they came out with a really sick lineup of that they were planning to release it initially during the course of this weekend of the Madison Square Garden shows with uh, both uh, New York Yankees and New York Mets uh, themed uh, jacket hat and pen of the Los Ingobernables de Japón okay, label. Okay, which... now I, I have to ask, is that New York Mets or is that the Knicks? Because uh, they, have, they I, have the same color scheme. I believe it's meant to be the Yankees and the Mets, just because yeah. baseball. Well, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, the, the, the Yankees one is, is a lot more obvious. And yeah, that is true. Yeah. They, they do do like the the baseball shirt theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's mainly because, too, on the back of the Mets, portion where they have the Los single Bernabas logo with the Statue of Liberty in the eye uh, in the eye taunt, they have two baseball bats across it in the diagonal portion. So, okay, that's okay. All, so, that's maybe all it is the so maybe it is the best and, thing. And, and of course, friend of the show, John Pango, has already gotten all three of said items as he is a huge New York Mets man. So, oh, uh, wow, okay. I, 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 I'm just, I just feel bad for his wallet more than anything at this point because <laughs> they, they look great otherwise, but I mean... These are uh, priced, so. Well, since, since last we recorded, I had to replace my car, and uh, yeah, and, I, uh, and a member of my family had a hospital stay, so yeah, I. Uh, it, it's I, tough. I, life is life in this pandemic just brutal for the most part. Yeah, I figure it's during a pandemic I have to replace my car. You know, <laughs> it figures. Yeah. Figures indeed. So, uh, so yeah, um. So meanwhile, during this uh, summer struggle tour, uh, it seemed like there was going to be like a bunch of nothing, uh, you know, setup matches. 
for things. But then last week, they, they pulled a swerve on that. Well, actually, uh, it wasn't last week. It was the week before, because last week it was all uh, it was all spot shows. And not even, la- not even last week. It was the week before, because, you know, time has absolutely no meaning now. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, it was, uh, you know, during the, the 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 first week of August when they decided to run a tournament to fill the vacated uh, never open weight comedy titles. Yes. And uh, yeah, kind of a surprising uh, team that won because uh, the, the 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 winners of it all. Uh, defeating a fellow uh, a fellow stable team, uh, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and in his first ever title of any kind in a twelve year career, uh, Nobuo Yoshihashi. <laughs> At I'm long just, last, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ishii did all the work, of course. So, of course, that that's the way Yoshihashi is going to take credit for his first title, with somebody else doing all the work for him. Great. Fantastic. Good for Yoshihashi fans who've been waiting on this for a while, but just, I'm not a fan of it, personally. I, I think you could have gotten a little bit more with really any of the other three teams that were in this, in within the semifinals portion of this tournament. So... It, it is what it is. It's done. The six-man titles are going to be defended once in a blue moon, depending on when they have a need for it. On the cards, I'm not sure if they'll do something for it come the uh, Jingu show on the 29th here. No, but... it, it's not listed, so no. Okay, so... They, they've already yeah, announced the card for that. There you go. So that's that. Um, another note to cover in this case is that Hiromu Takahashi was out of this tour for a little while, and they couple did of days, attribute yeah. that, yeah, for a couple of days. But they did attribute that to um, Taiji Shimori um, collectively fucking up his shit and making himself the number one contender to that junior heavyweight title, which is a match that we're going to be seeing at that Jingu show as well, which I'm excited for. They have good chemistry, and I think, I think they're going to have I think that match is going to bang myself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, le- before we get there, we still have uh, two dates left of this tour uh, that is coming up this coming... Uh, when is that? It is Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday the and Thursday. The, the, the Wednesday show... Okay, so... In the middle, we'll all, talk about this now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in the middle of this, they announced basically Kazuchika Okada announced a something called the KOPW 2020 Championship, and it, so I, I don't even know how to explain this. It's like it, it's a rotating championship that doesn't have a belt or any sort of demarcation of that you're the champion. But, you know, you, you're still defending it and you can lose it and someone else could become it. And then, like, at the be- at the end of the year, someone is the final champion of that year and then they start the whole process over again. It's almost like Kazuchika Okada has been listening to one too many episodes of WCW Days of Thunder and realized <laughs> that, the, uh, lin- that the Linear Martial Arts Championship could be a thing that was done in real life. Oh, my God. Just, yeah. He just uh, he just added an extra bit of, like, 
TNA spice to it because, you know, if he had to suffer for being there during that era, during his excursion, I guess the rest of us have to pay the price for it too. But you know what? It's a very small price to pay to just let him do his own thing and not be around the heavyweight title picture for a couple months. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, this really screams of, of giving Kazuchika Okada something to do. <laughs> but you know what? Fair play to them for figuring something out specific, even though it would have been much better if he just answered Kaido Kitomiya's calls over a Noah coward. Yeah, I, you know, I still am not entirely convinced that this is not going to happen. Um, because it seemed like, I mean, especially since Okada, Kiyomiya, and Kento Miyahara all seemed like they're really into this idea. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. It could be something that they're trying to cook up for next year once the Olympics do happen, though, which would make sense, Yeah, you know, given the circumstances. But... I, I, I can still totally see them trying to arrange somehow Okada and Kiyomiya, if nobody else, getting involved yeah. with each other. I, I could see it as well. It would just be interesting to see how that relationship does work out in the fact that outside of the New Japan bubble sort of things, Noah and DDT are under the cyber fight, I believe is what it is, that new yeah. management now, which is, you know, still the same company. They just have joined forces there and, you know, certain things are under the same banner now, which is good for DDT Universe, which as a streaming service is pretty cool in its own right. Uh, Another quick note that I want to add as well, too, is that we did have a very good, not as good as their New Japan Cup match, but a very good rematch between Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata during this tour as well. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. That, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But, but let's go back to that in a minute. Let's, let's, let's finish up this KOPW thing. So voting is, is or was going on. I did not pay attention to this. I'm not taking part in this nonsense. <laughs> but... Basically, there's like all sorts of wacky stipulations uh, that are being voted on for these matches that are happening on Wednesday. Like, uh, I guess, like, what is it? Kojima and El Desperado, it's either a, an, an only finishers match or a no finishers match. Yeah, Despies has been having fun with it uh, over the course of like post match interviews with it. So I can appreciate him just being a little bit of a shithead about it in yeah. that regard. So and, and Toriano and Bushi, I, I mean, that, that match is going to be comedy gold. Yeah, it's going to be great because it's either where Toriano suggested it's a two count pinfall match or Bushi going, no, it's a five count ring out match. So depending <laughs> on how the votes swing around, it's going to make for a fantastic little comedy sprint there. It, 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 are we going to have the same thing happen though? Is Yano going to end up in an elevator is my real question. Yeah. Uh, qu questions to be seen sooner rather than later. But because that, that, that was it, unironically one of my favorite matches of the year so far. It, it, no, definitely. And then you have unironically two of the biggest himbos in the company and Sho and Sonata in the first round as well. Both wanting similar matches but arriving at it in different conclusions where shows just going submissions only evolve so that seems to, to suggest submission anything but pinfalls but then somehow they just arrive at the same conclusion i'm just like you're both just dumb just call it a submission match and get it over with <laughs> jesus it's like i love you you're both very pretty but come on 
Remember when it seemed like Cody Ibushi was trying to like, uh, like surround himself with like the handsome wrestlers, so he would have had a stable of like himself, um, Shoyo, and and Say Sonata. Look, the very fact that we're not speaking this unto reality by 2021, when CO is back into the fold as a new and fresh stable of just pure Ikemen, is astounding. We should be doing that, like. And, and, and- and Ryusuke Taguchi, because he'll act as like a Genki oh, horror, a, as a Genki Horaguchi of the group. One hundred percent, like that. He is the coach of this entire Himbo squad. Somebody has to keep these guys in line, <laughs> especially if they decide to add like a Yoda Tsuji down the line at some point too. On top of it, with the way that he's been growing that hair of his, just things to consider. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we have the one match that we don't want to talk about. We have to with and yet another Okada Yujiro Takahashi match. Whether it's a one-on-three handicap match with Okada, I guess, taking on Takahashi in the Jado and Ghetto duel, or some sort of lumberjack match with uh, letter belts, which I guess probably is going to win the voting, which means. Go to Yoshihashi. Have something to do this night. Yay! You know, again, I, I, we we will forever be cursing COVID nineteen for many things. One of the one of them being a singles push for Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> and, and it's not even like the good. It's not even the good version of Yujiro Takahashi when he was actually trying during his no limit days. It's the version that realizes he has job security, can do the bare minimum. And can go hang out with girls in strip clubs in the aftermath. Like, I can't blame the main man for living his life, but that's not a guy who just want to, you know, throw into a singles push like that. Yeah, this again. is like a. This is like the, the yeah, one of the most nonsensical singles pushes of all time. But you know, unfortunately, you know, you, you got to work with what you got. And uh, well, this is what we got is Yujiro no. Takahashi. Um, one thing on the blog that I have not had a space to to update is that uh gabriel kid will be missing these shows coming up because he of a of an unspecified neck injury so he he's gonna be out for a little and uh there were a couple of shows too where i think it was it was a tomoki hanma and yodatsuji had missed out too because they were uh possibly exposed to covid but they they ended up back rather quickly, so so that happened. Um, uh, we was oh yeah, Suzuki and Nagata. We wanted to talk about that. So Chris, uh oh, did we lose Chris? Oh nope, sorry, had myself muted God there accidentally <laughs> for a second. I know, still getting used to the new mic and doing it manually there instead of doing it through our recording device. But Nagata and Suzuki, very good rematch. I still don't think that it was as good as their New Japan Cup one, but no, still. No, it, it wasn't. I, I really did not enjoy it anywhere near as much as, as the New Japan Cup match. But it still had its fun moments. It still was two men, old men, slapping each other around, and they're destined to do this forever, folks, uh, kind of thing. But to me in particular, the interesting portion of this is the aftermath for uh, Minoru Suzuki, which... He started to talk his shit in these backstage comments, and his intentions became clearer and clearer with the more we came across on this tour, and a certain never-open-weight champion decided to welcome it accordingly. And with that, folks, 
We are getting ourselves a Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki never open weight title match at Jingu Stadium, which boy, I am 100% oh here for. Boy, 100%. Oh are we here for this? Just hell to the yeah. It was so much fun. If only Shingo got his desire of having a no ropes, like explosive barbed wire death match out of it. Ah, uh, that would have been, Could, that would have been something. Because contrary to popular belief, Shingo Takagi is an Atsushi Onita fanboy. Yeah, isn't he? Um, like, he's like a major FMW fan, isn't he? He is. He very I mean, I, much I, I, I know that he was he was added to um, the last, you know, the, the quote-unquote final retirement for real for Onita, even though he still hasn't really retired. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was on that show, I think maybe, you know, I remember... Uh, Brett, when we recorded that show a couple of years ago, basically saying that, yeah, they, they, they added Shingo to, to, to pop the attendance because <laughs> the tickets were not selling very well. Yeah. And, and Shingo Takagi is a guy who has unironically worn jorts for, <laughs> for like a note for like a no DQ match at one point or another in Dragon Gate. There's no doubt in my mind that Deathmatch Shingo would be a sight to see. He, he, Get he it would, done, you Japan. He would be totally wearing the, the 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 white tank top with the tape fists. Maybe it maybe just adding a uh, a, a bandage to his forehead for the effect. You know, <laughs> like like Onita. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, like like classic Onita. Like uh, like you know tr- blue trunks wearing Onita. Oh yeah, definitely. Just one of those things where, like, come on, man, just get it done. Damn, now I kind of want to watch go back and watch some uh, pre Hayabusa FMW now, <laughs> just, yeah, just like, for the just for the just for the laughs, really. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things, man. Where like it at some point or another, like especially if you're gonna keep doing this KOPW gimmick thing, have Shingo challenge Okada at some point for for it in some sort of death match. In quotations, thing. Oh my god! Oh god! Can you imagine Okada in an explosions match? You know, he'd do it. He would <laughs> completely do it. That's the best part of it. He'd do it because I mean, o- o- Okada is the guy who like will willingly get potatoed to make a, a match look good. I mean, this is the same guy who willingly got both potatoed and power bombed on his neck by a 60-plus-year-old Genichiro Tenryu on his retirement match. So oh, Yeah, he had to make him look good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I, and I mean, got him a little cause for doing it, even though some of those bumps looked far too gnarly. Oh, God, far, yeah. <laughs> far too gnarly in days before a Wrestle Kingdom main event that he was on. So Yeah, you could just, you know. you could just imagine Gato's head was just exploding <laughs> at that point. It's like, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fuck what the fuck why is New Japan not gone back and, and done a new 2020 version of the fuck you we are Jado and Gato t-shirt good question I would have to assume Bushi Road got in the way of them for that because I feel like that would sell even a little bit I think it would I would get one I would get I would get a reissue of that. Yep. I mean, why not? I mean, it's one of the classic shirts. I mean, you you should update that one. Do the thing. Do the thing. Come on, come on, New Japan. Do the right thing here. Of course, Bushiroad has, has a little bit of issues right now too. Uh, did I not? Did I not just see that Stardom are canceling shows now? 
Yeah, somebody got tested positive uh, within oh, the roster, I believe, and that's why they canceled the string of shows for it, which mm. very much sucks as they were in the middle of their uh, the five-star Grand Prix, Grand Prix tournament, I believe, that they have, which is their equivalent of the G1. So. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't follow stardom very closely. But, uh, of course, you know, the, the, the Joshi promotion I was following closely seems to be completely co-opted by, by Vince now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm very, ups- very upset about. Uh, yeah, that that's very unfortunate. But uh, for those of you who do want to follow Stardom a little bit more, there's definitely quite a few f- folks over in Puroresu Twitter who will guide you in the right direction there and do good things and give you good opinions on it. So just yeah. you know, keep your eyes open for that yeah, sort of I, stuff. I, I would like to follow more Stardom. I just yeah. don't know if I have the time to. You know. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's. Time management is indeed a thing in this world. And when talking about time management, of course, it's a situation where we're still going to be looking at, you know, these next two days of summer struggle shows. And then we go to Jingu at the end of the week there uh, where the card for most part has been announced. So let's talk some Jingu. It looks like it's only going to be a six match show, which honestly I'm here for. I am here for these uh, lower quantity match shows, to be honest. I'm good with it as well. Just it'll be it'll be a nice watch, I think, for everyone, including the people within the stadium. Because even with social distancing and the such, the longer you're staying outside in those circumstances, you still run a risk of dealing with these sorts of things that COVID nineteen brings. So the sooner we wrap this up and get everybody to go home, the better. Yeah, I I I, I agree, and you know what? It, it cuts out a lot of unnecessary matches too. Yeah. So, I mean, let's cover it for what they are uh, as of right now, which is just a six-match card yeah. from and the... This is, yeah, which... this is the card for, for Summer Struggle in Jingu, which is happening on Saturday, uh, live on NJPW World. Uh, I won't be getting up for it. I'll just watch it, you know, later. The next day, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, well, no, well, when I wake up, yeah. I'll, I'll watch yeah, that's it. what I mean. Like, it'll be the next day at that point, yeah. technically. Uh, so, so uh, the opening match, Master Wado versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. You know what? I know a lot of y'all were joking about Master Wado. I don't give a fuck. I love Hirai Kawado. I think this this has been fantastic. Yeah, this has been fun. Like, he's been finding his stride more and more during the course of this tour as well. And I think Kim and Kanemaru will put on something good and that has story built into it at this point, which yeah. I do think is worthy of an opening match spot like this one. Right. And, and again, it's going to be the and the end game, of course, is El Desperado because, you know, yeah. l- lest we forget uh despy and kawato had a little bit of a thing going before he went on an excursion yeah because despy is a shithead we love him but he is a shithead to just about everybody he meets and hirai kawato was no different before that excursion happened so yeah so there's that uh we also have the uh the 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 final four-way match of this kopw 2020 thing the fact that they put this second on the card Again, yeah. I mean, again, th- th- this it. is this is the give Okada something to do thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it'll still be a fun way of involving four different persons in it, Okada, and then whoever else comes off of those next three matches. Yeah, I mean, the there's, there's no there's no fucking way that Okada's not going to be in this match. Yeah, for hundred percent. So it's just a circumstance where. It'll be something fun. It'll be second in the card. And then by the time that we're done, we can get to the meat and potatoes of the show, which is going to involve things like our third match, which is 
the never open weight championship match, Shingo Takagi in his fourth defense against Minoru Suzuki. This match, be- this match better bang. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think and, it will, but it better. Yeah, I do. I, I do think that it will. It's just going to be that matter of like, how long do they let these guys go? Because the follow-up to it is just as good in my opinion with Hiromu Takahashi making his second defense of the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Taiji Ishimori. Yeah, this match is going to bang as well. Mm-hmm. Just back-to-back fun there. And uh, very, very exciting. Now, fifth match, I understand why they put it second to last on the card, given the history there. Uh, interested to see how things turn out as the Dangerous Hackers, Zack Sabre Jr., who still has lost his phone and not tweeted in a while, <clears> and <throat> Taiichi in their first defense of the titles against the former champions in the Golden Aces, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, the, the, the soap opera between Tanahashi and Ibushi has been something to, to, to witness during this tour. Yeah, the backstage comments have definitely told the story of guys that are starting to get frustrated, that they're not finding the right mark, trying to encourage each other, but then sort of showing, you know, friction between them while ZSJ and Taichi are more than happy to continue push the, pushing the envelope and saying we're a united front kind of thing. So really interested to see what happens with the result of this match in the aftermath of it as well, depending on who wins, who loses kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's setting up for, I mean, well, a, a couple of these matches are setting up for a, for a huge triumph for, you know, the, the, the baby face. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I have admired, and I know that the the pandemic was, you know, uh, partially responsible for this, but we have had like a lot of fresh uh, tag teams in this, in this year too, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the title picture, you know, you know, not just the girls of destiny, but also, you know, Finn juice when they were able to be there and now, you know, yeah. golden, golden ace and now dangerous techers too. Yeah, it was starting to get interesting. Unfortunately, with COVID hitting, we won't get Finn Juice for a while. But we will talk about David Finley in a little bit here because we've got some more ground to cover that of things that have been happening during the course of the Summer Struggle Tour, just on the other side of the con- of the hemisphere, right. if you will. And of so. course, the the main event of Summer Struggle in Jingu is the uh, the, the the double gold, uh, the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. Evil in his second, in his V two defense against uh, Tetsuya Naito. I mean, they, there's no way they can't let Naito walk out of here because I mean, again, do you see Evil headlining the Tokyo Dome? No. Uh, as much as I have liked Evil, and I think that this move does eventually pay for pay off for him in the long term, the same way that Naito stuff with you know going on his own, starting his own stable, or leading his own stable, if you will. Did it? Uh, I think for Evil, this is more of a long-term play to get him interjected into the big picture of things. To at the very least be at that IC to you know uh, spot uh, main eventer for the heavyweight title when needed, kind of thing, which they needed to create a guy like that. And I think we touched on that a good amount last episode of Strong Style Story. So, but I do think that this follows the same narrative that Naito's first title reign did from Invasion Attack 2016 to Dominion, where, yeah, the title change happened, but the former champion gets it back. 
Yeah, so I, I think that's, that is what happens. Because so. not only that, but it sets us up for something that was announced during the course of the store where we at least have the dates. Currently, yep. we don't have yeah, participants so, yet, but we have the dates for G1 Climax 30. Yeah, that's let, happening let, this yeah, year, let's, folks. Let's talk about that, yeah. Well, for in between, there's going to be a New Japan Road uh, mini tour. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a bunch of spot shows. But then, yes. Um, yeah, September Climax. 3rd to September 11th, to be exact. Yeah, G1 Climax 30 begins in Osaka on September the 19th and go runs through October the 18th at Tokyo Ryogoku Kokugi Khan. We are caught up by the way. Yeah. We are this now where, we are now where we're supposed to be. Yeah, this lockdown. was the original Yeah, this was the original plans for them to run this autumn G1 in the first place. So, they've caught up on the dates. So, it's just a matter of keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that no COVID infections happen, especially that they don't happen during the course of the tournament coming up. So yeah. Now, what, one thing I did notice is that it, it, it seems as if that we we are they are running. This is going to be a twenty-person tournament again because there are nineteen yes. dates on this schedule. However, uh, A block talents will not work B block shows and vice versa. Which means not only are we we're going to be getting five matches per show, and it's going to be all singles matches. It also means we don't get the endless tag team prelude rut. This tournament, I think, is going to be as fun as the New Japan Cup was to cover. To be honest, and, if that's the schedule that they're running, because right, my goodness, which means guys can fucking rest. Yeah, that's the best part of it. Like. Wow, and, and a lot of the dates are spaced out too. If you if you look at the schedule too, yes, mm-hmm. there, there are days breaks in between mm-hmm. a lot of these. Yeah, you have a couple where you have two nights in a row for Osaka Adion on the nineteenth and the twentieth. You go to Hokkaido from the twenty third to twenty fourth, but that's still giving them like three days rest to actually get to Hokkaido, rest up, do the shows, and then. They have a good amount of intervals in between, which is a good thing. So yeah, I mean, there's like yeah, there's like uh, you know three days in a row, Tokyo, you know, two days in in Tokyo, and then Niigata, but then like a four day gap before they go to Takamatsu, and then mm-hmm. you and, know Hirosh- Takamatsu, Hiroshima, and Okayama, uh, back in Osaka. So this is where there's actually more, there's actually more dates at the Edeon than there are at Corican Hall for this year's G1. Yeah, definitely. And towards the end, you start seeing the day breaks getting a little shorter, but at the very least, they're getting to the end of that tournament altogether at that point, uh, you know, ending with the three dates at the Rio Goku, which it's pretty cool. They haven't been back to Rio Goku in a little while, so I'm excited to see them finish up the G1. Right. Well, as, fun as, as, as fun as Budokan is, like the Rio Goku has its own aura in its own right there. Well, again, so. I mean, Rio Goku is traditionally New Japan's building too. Don't forget. I yeah. Mean, uh, d- traditionally, Budokan was Budokan's all Japan. All Japan. Yep. Traditionally, mm-hmm. I don't think all Japan. I mean, considering all Japan still couldn't can't fill Rio Goku. Yeah, I don't know if how long it's going to take for all Japan to ever go back to Budokan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know that. Uh, what was his name? Keno. Yeah, was talking but about that, but that that was two years ago, and that clearly never happened. Yeah, and that's with Noah as well on top of it, right. who are still very much in the situation where they're trying to figure themselves out, try to figure what's going on 
even though, you know, they just had, uh, you know, I know you love KG Muro, but him taking Al-Qaeda Kinomiya was not the move there a couple weeks ago. You know, I'm sorry. I, I, I am the KG Muto mark of the universe, and I still think this is a bad fucking move. I, yeah, just... But just to go back to New Japan talk, because we've caught up on the Japan side of defense at this point, with things that are going to come up, but they've been doing... They've been getting themselves active accordingly on the New Japan of America side of defense. We so, talked yeah, a little bit about... Yeah, so let's, why let's, it was a collision last time, so we can cover that and what it led into. So. Yeah, let's, so let's talk about that because last time we we spoke about Lionsbury Collision, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler had not come in yet, and he did the week after we recorded. He had his match there against Rocky Romero, looked really good in it, wrestled in Daisy Dukes, I believe is what it was, and just <laughs> yes. well, who, shorts that look shorts that, that look, like, look yeah. like Daisy Dukes. Yeah. But, th- but then again, like, who the fuck is going to tell Tom Lawler that he can't do these sorts of things? Like, just <laughs> come on. It was phenomenal. It was Tom, a lot of fun. Tom Lawler is more of a comedian than anybody gives him any credit for. I mean, uh, well, I mean, you remember I got caught on on, on the hard cam at uh, Black Label because <laughs> it came yes. out to Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Was... And I got, I got caught on the hard camera singing along to it. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. It's just Tom Lawler is a guy that is has got as much of a shoot background as any and can mess you up in different ways, but he doesn't take himself too seriously, which I think for pro wrestling, it's absolutely perfect. Like if it puts him bars above a lot of these guys who just take themselves so seriously within yeah, pro wrestling, who's the they other, just look goofy God, as who, hell. God, who's the other, uh, who's the other former, uh, UFC guy that I, I absolutely for, love, but I can't think of his name. Are you talking about for, um, Stefan Bonner? Yes, yes, I am. Okay. Thank you, Stefan Bonner. We, we need to get his ass over here. Yeah, no. It, I, it, I'll it, tell you what, at that, at that very same Black Label show, you have not seen Joy until you've seen Jake Warhorse Parnell marking the fuck out for Stephen Bonner. He was going apeshit. Yeah, like, understandable. He, 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 was, he was losing his mind. It was it was a wonderful thing to see. It was it was just pure marking out. Some you know? shooters are not a bad thing, as much as we shit on Enochiaism in this podcast. Some shooters are not a bad thing. Some shooters are. Uh, it's very much a your mileage may vary kind of thing. Well, you know, actually, you know, I I don't know if you if you remember, but um you know, I did, uh, you know, when we were going through, you know, doing the Strong Style History content during peak lockdown, you know, when, when NGPW World were uh, posting all the uh, the old matches. Yes. Um, we did watch some of these Enochiism matches. Uh, you know, some of them weren't as bad as I remember, but I, I do remember hating them at the time, you know, yeah. and, you know. But then again, they're very... also posting, you know, the the more memorable matches. There were some of these matches. I mean, there were clearly some matches that absolutely fucking sucked during that time. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe you know, maybe at some point it is worth a, a more, you know, uh, you know, a, a uh, what's the word, a, a, a reconsideration. But with hindsight, specifically, yeah, that's fair enough to say. It may not be again. I think we can both agree that it wasn't right for the time and the business portion of it suffered due to it. But we can definitely look back into some of these matches and go, okay, this wasn't as bad as we thought that it was, but at the same time, 
for that time frame and the things that they were doing in between. Just mm, questionable decisions made. Yeah, uh, no, no, I feel you on that. Um... That said, though, I don't want to go back really quick because yeah, let's, we did let's finish Lions to... Break. Yeah, we did finish Lions Break Collision, and then they introduced a week later in a press conference the concept of NJPW Strong, which would be just a three-week little mini tour of sorts that they would run in that same Friday evening slot at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time, in which introduced the New Japan Cup USA with eight different competitors that some of them which would have been in the regular New Japan Cup had it not been for COVID-19. This eight-man tournament being a way of determining the next number one contender for the United States Heavyweight Championship that New Japan has that it's still very much in the hands of one John Moxley. So yeah, so the, the, there's that there's that elephant in the room. Um, what are they going to do with this? Because you know the the AEW contract and all that was you know remember it was preventing Moxley from being at the first G1 show in Dallas mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, but I think a part of it may have had to do with the fact that Access TV was showing that show on like live television, and that right. it wasn't just some streaming thing. So they well, that's, why, that's why I'm wondering if that, yeah, that's what I'm wondering if that's what the loophole is going to be because this is not on broadcast TV; it's on streaming. Yeah, I think that might be the actual caveat around it because. If you remember correctly, John Moxley was already set within the AEW roster when he came into New Japan to do the G1 last year around, doing some of these dates over with New Beginning, the match of the year with Suzuki, which is still match of the year contender for us. Oh, yes, it so, is. Uh, things to consider there, but let's talk about the tournament momentarily here, the way the seedings went. You have Carl Fredericks, who is fully graduated at this point, starting to do his own thing. Got in a bit of a squabble with Jeff Cobb prior to this. He went up against Kenta. You had Jeff Cobb against Tongaloa. David Finley against Chase Owens. Brody King of ROH Villain Enterprises fame against Tama Tonga, who uh, is without his beard at this point. He yeah. actually looks better without his beard, to be honest. Yeah, that's kind of like, odd. I actually like that's it. It's kind of wild that he, he he shaved his beard. I wonder if that was for, you know, uh, masking re- could be, could be, but I mean, I like the look, to be honest, on him at this point. It's yeah. not, it, it looks good. I, and apparently Shibata and Tanahashi were all raving about how handsome he looks without the beard. <laughs> <laughs> which, again, to me, I'm just like, typical Tanahashi, <laughs> immediately just well, look, judging let, somebody else by the looks. Well, which... well, let's face it, you know, I, I think I look more handsome with, with mine, but, you know. <laughs> Once again, your mileage may vary. When yeah, it comes e- to exactly. Stuff. Um, but clearly there are some folk who should not have, uh, facial hair, uh, <laughs> for a while, Jay White was one of them, but you know, he's, uh, he's got, he's... After, yeah, after seeing this last show and we'll get to him in a little bit here, uh, but that said, the NGPW Strong shows also introduced Alex Kozlov back into the fold as a yeah, color wow. commentator now alongside all people. Kevin Kelly. It, very interesting. I'm happy that Kozlov does has integrated himself back with the company now because I liked him as part of Forever Hooligans with Rocky there for a couple of years during those yeah. earlier portions of Chaos and such. So it's nice to see him back, and I'm sure give him some time and some mer- some time to just, you know, come into his own with commentary, and I think he'll do just as good of a job as we usually tend to see Rocky doing with these whenever he does commentary. But 
to onto the New Japan Cup USA portion. It eventually did lead to Kenta, who has a sweet mop of hair now at this point. <laughs> yeah, that, kind of, the, yeah that, that mop of his. My God. Glorious. Uh, it reminds me so much of like his little shithead kind of like looking hair that he had in the early 2000s when he right. was still growing out. During Noah, just amazing. Big fan of it. He does eventually win the New Japan Cup against David Finley, who had a really good run for himself there, making it all the way into the finals. Uh, but in the aftermath of that win, Kenta challenges John Moxley, but Jeff Cobb immediately comes for his soul because that semifinals match between them the week prior ended in chicanery, which uh, leads to a briefcase gimmick, which is what they did for this whole New Japan Cup USA thing, which means nothing is likely going to be defended, and that probably is going to be one of the matches we should expect in the next North American tour, which is going to be Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yeah, so, yeah, I I, I, I have reservations. I mean, we, we don't know any actual details of this yet, but I, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I have reservations about this, especially since we are still in the midst of a pandemic, and, um, yeah, that, <laughs> various parts of the country are are, are more hotspotty than others. Yeah, I do think, at the very least, California, to an extent, is not as bad of a hotspot as, say, fucking Florida, for example. But uh, Actually, I did hear that California is... Uh, I, is I know starting that, to get there? Well, California, at least in the city of Chicago and in Cook County, um, as of right now, if you're coming back from uh, California, you need a quarant- you're required a quarantine for 14 days. Oof, okay, yeah, so it's starting to... Bit of a hotbed situation there, too. Jesus. Uh, There's quite a few of these states. Indiana is somehow not one of them. So so, One of those surprises sometimes. I will say the biggest thing is if they can keep those guys in their own sort of bubble around where that L.A. Dojo area is, fine. Just make sure that you're not fucking being careless about it and yeah, going it, out in the middle of the yeah, night. Yeah, it's this word tour that really ha- kind of raises my hackles. You know? Yeah, exactly. I hope that they just mean tour in terms of, hey, we're just doing shows here, but we're calling it a tour, just like they've been doing with, you know, the Lions Break Collision and with uh, NGPW Strong. Just keep it in yeah. the same place. It's sim- so, simple enough. You've already got all the setup set there as it is. Just Right. So now... um you know, all that being said, you know, NJPW Strong also now has had the return of Jay White to competition. Yes, Jay White came back into competition. New Zealand has been one of the few countries in the world, I believe, that has almost, if not curbed, COVID-19 entirely. So I don't believe there were any travel restrictions between New Zealand and the United States. So that's why I think Jay White was able to just fly into Los LAX probably and then just... He's probably going to stay there for a while at this point. Now, another thing I want to talk about as well, too, that happened the week prior is that ACH made his return into New Japan television. And And thank the gods for that. And unfortunately, I I still had not seen that match because of, well, you know, circumstances that happened last Mm -hmm. week into most of this week. Um, But yeah, ACH uh, back on NJPW programming. It's good. And also seeing more of Alex Zane and Blake Christian being featured in New Japan programming. Yes, please. Just give us more of these guys within North America that 
can go, especially in a junior heavyweight division that lacks a little bit. Yeah, uh, once the door is open, these are two guys that I think you should consider signing long term to bring into tours every once in a while. Now, the one thing, I mean, and I had to think about this, but I was like, why is Jay White and Chase Owens wrestling against uh, Brody King and Herb Gordon? And then you oh, realize yeah, the whole thing at the beginning right. of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Jay White was supposed to wrestle uh, Marty Skrull, and then COVID borked that, and uh, Marty Skrull is uh, currently, I believe, suspended from ROH at the moment. <laughs> Yep, relieved of his booking duties, Delirious has taken over yet again. So <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no win, comment on that, can't by the win, way. Can't win for losing there. That, yeah. That's, it, oh boy. That's, but, but, uh, but, then, but then again, Marty Skrull consciously did the decision of being an alleged, you know, pedo. So that's on him more yeah. than anything. And fuck that shit. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally agree with that. But it's just, yeah, the, the, you know, it seemed like ROH maybe was starting to get his shit together. Oh, yeah, no, we're going to go back no. backwards. You know, well, in, in the midst of doing the right thing, they're going backwards. So, they, yeah. They, yeah, nobody can win. <laughs> That's what I meant by, you know. Unfortunate. But at the very least, at this point, we will most likely at some point over the next one or two shows with this uh, New Japan portion... Most likely, if they're going to announce participants for the G1, it's probably going to be during the Jingu show, I would have to feel like, uh, during their intermission or something like that. Because yeah, it that, is a big it, announcement to it, make. It, so. it seems likely, yes. Um, so, with that being said, we will be... Our, our next show, most definitely, will be G1 Climax Preview. Yeah, it, definitely it, it, The so. annual one that I that I missed last year. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not in the midst of a move, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. But not not this time. You're gonna be back for it. It's gonna oh be yeah! Great. Oh yeah! Yeah, I'm I'm back. Oh, what one quick note to touch on as well, uh, because it might as well. It does bear saying because it does involve the New Japan of America stuff. Hikuleo came back as well. Yeah, you can't forget it, that. Yeah, so he was last in Rev Pro. Uh, where Shooter? Good question. Makes me wonder if and, he and went Tomo, back. And, and Tomoyuki Oka, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Rendarita. It does make me wonder if, because they are, you know, Japanese citizens, if they were, because they are taking, I believe with the travel conditions into Japan, they are taking their nationals first and foremost before anybody else back. So I wonder if they just got the directive to, hey, fly home for a little while until this pandemic is through. You can come work out at the dojo in the meantime, that sort of thing. So it could be possible. Could also be possible that Ren decided to stick with Shibata and the rest of the LA Dojo boys as well too, and just yeah, but he hasn't. Into... Yeah, but he hasn't uh, featured on any programming though. Is the thing. yeah, I I understand that. So I'm very curious to see with this Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour if it is a proper tour where they've got a few dates, but they're staying in the same venue. I'm curious to see what they'll do for these cards and if they'll announce them in advance or if they'll just do it week by week, like they've been doing it yeah. before. Uh, also, I want to praise uh, the Japanese ring announcer on NJPW strong. I really like him. I, I like his, his announcing cadence and his, uh, and his, his voice. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who it is, of course, but <laughs> I believe I'm trying to remember his, name in particular because i think there were one or two people on twitter who are bilingual who mentioned as much who were mentioning notes of that commentary in japanese that they were doing because they touched on 
you know, the whole Tanahashi and Shibata praising Tamatanga for not having a beard anymore. And apparently at one point they had to point out to that Japanese announcer that Flip Gordon's whole military shtick wasn't appealing to Bullet Club. It's because he's former military, basically. Right. But yeah, I so. mean, so yeah, I, I need more info about the ring announcer on NJ yeah, Strong. If, if you had that, just tweet us at Strong Style Story without the E in style. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Um, last thing. Yes, we, 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 we added the, uh, the Sex Ferguson bump again to the beginning of the program. Uh, Guns and Gallows did sign to TNA Impact, whatever they're calling themselves these days. Uh, they are now known as the Good Brothers, mm-hmm. officially. Uh, allegedly, their contract allows them to work New Japan. Yeah, and... Carl Anderson has gone on record very clearly that that is something that they will do at some point or another, which I'm happy for them. They, some of their best years have been within New Japan as part of the heavyweight tag team division. And Carl Anderson is a hell of a singles wrestler still. Like a lot of people have forgotten that over the years, but the guy can still go. And I do. Well, I think a lot of that is because he's been. I think a lot of that is because he's been fo- so focused on the tag team side of things. Yeah, exactly. For so long. But yeah, I mean, he did make a G1 Climax final. Mm-hmm. Yep, GM finalist hoot right there. Yep. So it, it's just, it's going to be fun. It, it's going to be very interesting to see how they figure into the plans. And of course, with Bullet Club starting to, once everything somewhat comes back to this new normal that we're going to be seeing going forward as of sometime next year, more than likely, sometime in the middle of next year, I wouldn't be surprised. That's optimistically speaking, of course. But Bullet Club is going to have a lot of members, and again, just makes you wonder how they're going to do this properly, whether it's going to be a new faction eventually coming together, or if they just split them in half again, whatever it is. So, uh, Did you watch that uh, Talking Shop of Mania show? Because, I mean, I, there, there there is some New Japan relevant content here because Rocky Romero was part of this. I, I know Rocky was involved with it, but I didn't see it. And the moment that I heard that they featured Enzo Amore to an extent on it, I'm like, no thanks, I'll pass. Yeah, that that was... I guess Tomatonga is still legit pissed off about that whole situation. And, you know, no I, reason why they should, he shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I don't blame him one bit, to be honest with Let's you. Let's face it, we were pissed off to be witness to it. <laughs> yeah. It's like it offended us just from watching it. Imagine not getting the news in any way, shape, or form, and then having to see that clown show happens as you're supposed to, you know, be celebrating with two titles that you just won yeah. in the garden, kind of thing. So, yeah, that was yeah. Well, I mean that. Well, yeah, and that was last year's ROH in a nutshell, and it, it just began began a downward spiral for them. Mm-hmm. You know. I still can't believe that they legitimately thought that they were actually going to have that ladder match go before the IWGP title <laughs> match. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, still that, that, story. that is some first-class delusion on, let, on, on, on Joe Coff's part right there. Yeah, l- listen, a part of me almost wanted them to do that just so that way we could have walked out of there early enough and I actually could have made it to Joey Janela's spring break show on time. <laughs> yeah. That would have been awesome, actually. Yeah, but then I, I, you know, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have been walking laps around the arena, and I wouldn't have met Kath Barbadoro. So you know, true. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty on these things. Of course. And uh, it was a nice little, little look at at Madison Square Garden too. 
I have to admit. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, uh, Toki Makabe, not on shows. He's filming a movie of some kind, apparently. Yes, he is. And again, Toki Makabe is making himself, you know, once again, uh, within Japan, one of their biggest stars in the company just from a popularity and, you know, mainstream form standpoint. Meanwhile, us in North America are still kind of like, we don't get it, but okay. <laughs> Also, yeah. I, yeah. Found, I found but also name, Japan, uh, so <laughs> yeah, also Japan as well. But I believe also the name for that announcer that you were thinking of, I just looked through NJPW Global's Twitter account. Shigeki Kiono is his name, I believe. Oh, okay, all right. Well, Shigeki Kiono, good job. Keep it up. There you go. If if anybody's listening. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. But then again, we are close personal friends with uh, NJPW president Takaki Kidani, yeah. so. It's possible. Although we're kind of ticked off, we were kind of ticked off at him a little bit because of apparently some fuckery going on with uh, regard to Hanakamura and, yeah. and the death. But uh, yeah, that's a diff that's a different broadcast for a different time and a longer. And, 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 so... and, and not us because I don't follow Stardom close enough. But I mean, it just sounds kind of shitty. Yeah. On, on the on the surface, so. But that said, I think that covers pretty much everything we need to until Jingu happens, and then, of course, uh, with the G1 to come. So Yeah, so definitely for sure, the next time we do this, it's definitely going to be the G1 Climax 30 uh, preview, um, which is always good fun, you know, and we, we get a lot of content. But uh, I just, I'm, I'm just curious, though. I mean, they, they really are going to have... 20 wrestlers in a time when like a lot of people are still not in the main, you know, they, they can't come to Japan right now. I, I, I'm wondering if we're going to get like Yoda Suji and Yuya Uemura in their G1 Climax debuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's, gonna there's definitely be... going to be some, yeah, there's, there's um... definitely going to be some, uh, some differences here. Because, you know, just to make up the numbers. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what the announcements, just if uh, it's going to be very much an in-house situation where certain junior heavies get a shot at being in the G1 this year round alongside some young Lions, or whether it's a situation where maybe they talk to one or two, three or four outsiders and convince them to come into this particular bubble for, you know, a month or so. That might be, yeah. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even, uh, countenance that. I wonder, it, I mean, God, who could it be though? I mean, they can't, unless they're going to start opening negotiations with, uh, with, with a Bima. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like if they're opening those negotiation windows, then yeah, we can expect maybe some wild surprises, but otherwise don't expect too much. So I guess it's very, Again, it's very much a wait and see until we actually get these announcements. But boy, oh God, can can we even dream of, of thinking Daisuke Sakimoto or Kento Miyahara coming in? Yeah, for a it would be it would be a lot of fun. Do, or, do we, do we re, dare to dream? Well, I mean, we kept talking about Kaido Kiyomiya, Kiyomiya early on. Imagine him being in the G1 and in the same block as Okada on top of it. Oh yeah, the, the, that, they, that thing, needs so. to happen. Oh yeah, I mean, if, if they're gonna do that, then that needs to happen. Yeah, but I mean, who knows mm -hmm. if it will? Of course, you know, I, I still say, you know, my dream. You know, I 
you know, I, I, I still think that, uh, you know, my pick for someone coming into G1 Climax, just kind of the, the off the wall, if you're going to bring somebody in, um, at, le at least as of last year, I don't know how he's been this year, but uh, Ultimo Guerrero in a G1. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but again, the travel portion, unfortunately, is yeah, exactly. I mean, the it, trick. It, yeah, it clearly will not happen this year. So, mm -hmm. And I'm very curious with the G1 happening as well, too, if we're going to get something equivalent of like an odd C block for the North American side as well, too, just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, possible because the, yeah, they, the, the they old have joke from, guys. To, yeah, the old joke from uh, David Finley. Two years ago, and, finally uh, becomes a reality. Yeah, Jesus. Because, I mean, there's, there's some guys around what, who could do what's it. What's Toa Hinare doing? Is he back in New Zealand? One would I, would, I would have to think so, yeah. Wait, 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 him, him and Fale and, yeah. Yeah, I think Kim and Fale would be, yeah, I think Kim and Fale are still over there right now. Well, I so, mean, with, with Jay White showing up again. It's true that they could decide to make the trip, but I wouldn't be surprised if Allah just got told, hey, take care of your dojo there, work with the kids for the time being yeah. kind of thing. And with Hanari, they just went, we'll call you when it's time to come back to Japan because more, more so like he is more of an established version of things over there rather than with the LA Dojo guys kind yeah. of thing. So it could just be a directive where they just want a Jay White for now because leader of Bola Club, you know, a guy who's won the heavyweight IC and US titles, that, that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. All right. I think we, we've basically covered everything here. So I think that, that we're going to cover on the New Japan side of things. So, Chris, go ahead, plug thyself. Okay, just to set at the top of the hour, uh, Twitter and Instagram for me. You can find me at Brazilian Fury. That's Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. You can also find my other podcast, Soundtracks on the Excuse me, Soundtracks on the Sticks. That's at Sounds on Sticks on Twitter. We are on the Night of the Living Geeks podcast network. You can find that at notlg.com. Uh, and that about covers it for me. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show as well, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. The blog is at Strong Style Story at Tumblr .com. Um, Of course, uh, we're going to be back to back uh, this time with Boom Goes the Dynamite because we, uh, AEW ran on Saturday this week, this past week. So uh, that, that episode's up now. Uh, new uh, Busting Balls should be coming along. Uh, soon, uh, probably next week, uh, here on, on on its own feed and on the PWOM Podcast Network. Uh, eventually, Worldcast is going to post its final episode. <laughs> Come on, man, we're waiting for this shit. <laughs> I, I, I want to know how it all ends. I mean, I know how it all ends, but you know what I mean. Right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you catch my joke. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we all know how, how the whole world-class story ends. It, it all ends in Tears and tragedy, and and Jerry Lawler for that matter. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, you know that that's how it goes. Uh, so yeah, uh, so thanks for listening to us again. Uh, check out the other fine shows here on the PWOM Podcast Network. And uh, Chris, any final words? Uh, no, nothing for me specifically. We'll see you for G one. Yep, we'll see you case. for G one. Enjoy. Jingu, Summer Struggle and Jingu, and uh, until then, uh, we'll talk to you when the G1 
stuff is coming out. So until then, take care. Goodbye.